Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome indeed to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Now, that's more like it. The Bengals came to play yesterday. Heck, they even changed it up after winning the coin toss. They took the football and would never relinquish the lead en route to their first victory of the season, a 27-12 decision over the New York Jets. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. They couldn't run the ball until about the fourth quarter, that drive with Samaj P. Ryan. Not so sure what to think about that. Uh, the fourth and one call late in the uh, third quarter. They burned the timeout. Then try to run Jamar Chase to the short side of the field. That was stopped. Um, Don't get it. But for a team that looked hapless the first two weeks of the season, especially on offense, a win is a win, period. The defense sacked Joe Flacco four times, two and a half by Trey Hendrickson, forced three turnovers, The last 18 drives of offense against the Bengal defense, zero touchdowns since the two TDs for Cooper Rush and the Dallas offense in the first quarter last week. Joe Burrow throws for three scores. Tyler Boyd, finally know he's on the team, goes for 100 receiving yards. T. Higgins just short of 100. So it's one and two on the year and a short week Coming up, the Bengalis will tee it up Thursday night against, all of a sudden, the 3-0 Dolphins. Miami shocked Buffalo with a monster defensive effort. If you didn't see it, you got to go back and watch it. Buffalo has the ball in the fourth quarter, first and goal from the one-yard line. Cannot punch it in. Turn it over on downs. And by the way, did you see the video? Do we have this, Casey? Yes, we do. We do have it. Of Tua. This, this is disturbing. If you didn't see this. Take a look. So he goes down after this big hit, right? His head slams to the ground. Now watch what happens afterwards. Uh, this is really disturbing stuff. Yeah, and he, he came back out to finish that game. Well, he did indeed. Came back and played. Now, in the old days, this is the stuff of legends, right? But look at this. He has no idea where he is. In this era, different ball game, and rightfully so. In fact, the players' union... The NFL Players Association is already demanding an investigation as to how Tua was allowed to come back and play in that game. And by the way, for the Buffalo Bills, they throw the ball over 60 times in that game. If that continues, Buffalo will not, and I repeat, will not play in the AFC Championship game. It's not going to happen. 
terrible weather up there in Buffalo once we get into November, December, January. If that team can't run the ball and they throw it 60 times a game, they're not going to make it as good as they look the first two weeks. Elsewhere in the AFC North, what a start to this season for Lamar Jackson. Oh, he throws four touchdown passes. He runs for over 100 yards and another score. The Ravens are now 2-1 and one after they come away with a big road win in New England last week. What is going on in Kansas City or with Kansas City? Now, I know the Colts are not bad, right? I think they're 1-1-1, one, one, and one. but they're not the Chiefs. Kansas City, in the second half, scores a total of three points. Three in the second half. That's right, two, three. They lose 20-17 to 17 at Indy. Kansas City couldn't throw it. Kansas City couldn't run it. So, after the first two weeks of the season, I think everybody agreed we did here on the program that Buffalo and Kansas City look like the best two teams in the NFL. Both lose over the weekend. The big draw over the weekend was supposed to be Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Why not? Rodgers v. Brady. Neither one looked particularly good. Both teams, however, play excellent defense. And, you know, you, you go back to the Mike Evans thing. I think it's safe to say Mike Evans plays in that game. I think Tampa Bay wins that game. It was 14-12 Green Bay. But he let his temper get the best of him. His emotions get the best of him. He cheap shots Marshawn Lattimore, gets suspended for a game, and his team loses. Oh, and by the way, Tampa Bay next week, after playing Green Bay yesterday, Tampa Bay next week plays Kansas City. And finally, how about surprise 2-1 and one teams so far? Jacksonville and Chicago. The Jaguars just maul the overrated Chargers. We said on this program at the start of the year, the Chargers and the Broncos were the two most overrated teams in the NFL. Now, I know Herbert's playing hurt, and I give the kid all the credit in the world. He's got a broken rib. Uh, he looked like it. Meanwhile, Chicago loses David Montgomery, who through the first three weeks, two weeks, looked like one of the best running backs in the NFL, kid out of Mount Healthy High School. He goes down, and they, they, they bring in some cap that runs a, a, a total of 281 yards. The Bears rush on the ground, and the Bears beat Houston. All right, on to college football. UC hammers Indiana, sold out Nippert Stadium. Really uh, an uneven game for the Bearcats. I think we all agree. But I would argue it might prove how good UC just might be. I can't believe they're not ranked in the top 25. I just can't believe it. But they will be soon. And I don't know about you, but I don't see them losing again this year. So look out for the Bearcats. Ohio State, mercy, is starting to look like a serious National championship title contender. The mighty Buckeyes destroyed Wisconsin and Columbus on Saturday night. Back-to-back -back games now. Heisman hopeful C.J. Stroud throws five touchdown passes. Travion Henderson and the kid out of Winton Woods, Mayan Williams, both go for over 100 yards rushing. The Buckeyes are 4-0. Rutgers up next. Kentucky 
remains undefeated. But it was not pretty, and it wasn't easy. A 31-23 win over Northern Illinois. But Kentucky moves up to number seven in the rankings. They go on the road against Ole Miss this coming weekend. That is a big-time SEC game. We brought up last week about how there were certain programs for, for guys my age, right? And actually a little younger than me, that there was a time where there were programs like Nebraska, Florida State, Miami of Florida, Texas, that were national title contenders every single year. Those days are long gone. Because once mighty Miami of Florida loses this past weekend to Middle Tennessee State University. God bless Middle Tennessee State University. But are you kidding me? The Texas Longhorns lose to Texas Tech. Now, in fairness to the Longhorns, I still believe if Quinn Ewers was not cheap-shotted there in the first game of the year when he was carving up Alabama, if he stays in that game, I think it's safe to say Texas wins that game and they don't lose to Texas Tech. Instead, they're 2-2. Two and two. Quickly on baseball, the Reds lose 3-4 of four over the weekend to the Brewers. They have nine games left. They play the Pirates in three starting tonight. Then a really weird deal. They play the Cubs six times. Three on the road and then three at here to wrap up the season. The Reds have to win three games to avoid a 100-loss season. And finally, the rains came last night. Aaron Judge is still sitting on 60 home runs. He's one shy from tying Roger Maris, American League home run record of 61. And congratulations to the great Albert Pujols. I was there to call his very first home run when he had a monster spring training for the Cardinals. And they decided to bring him up to the big leagues. He had his first home run off Armando Reynoso. He eclipses 700 home runs in his career, joining only Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, and who am I forgetting? Thank you. Oh, God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Thank that's Aaron. embarrassing. Thank that Aaron. is really, really embarrassing. Okay. Those are the three. So you're up to speed. Boys, when we come back, we are going to talk. And by the way, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritschner, good morning, men. Good morning. Good morning. Paul, you got a lot of pub. You got a lot of pub for the Miami call. Well, where I missed on Ohio State over the weekend, Tom, I made up for it on the Dolphins. Yeah, that, the, the Bills were hurt, and the Dolphins looked great from the week before, and they, they sold me. They were at home. I like the pick as an underdog, and sometimes it's like in stocks, Tom. Sometimes you just got to sell high. Some, well, I hear Sold high on the bills. All right. We, we are going to uh, cover all of this um, and talk about what happened with the Bengals over the weekend. Uh, I know you guys want to talk about a couple of other games, including that Buffalo-Miami game. Um, and we'll give our top five NFL power rankings. I put a surprise on here. Many of you are going to be very, very surprised who I have in my top five at least through three weeks of this season. And then we're going to look at our top performers over the weekend. So that and more. Paul Doherty is coming up at 1040. Get his thoughts on the Bengals uh, and what's happening there. He, he wrote an interesting column. He's writing now the morning line again. 
where you can find that the morning line at substack.com. It's um, just about the coin toss and the Bengals deciding to take the ball rather than defer getting the ball to start the second half. So we'll talk with him later in the program. We will be going through our picks over the weekend. A winning week. For all of us. For all of us. A winning week. And we have our main man, Zim Day. I mean, he lost his mind yesterday. He was so excited. And so we're going to hear from him about 11.40. That and more coming up next. This is Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. Great to have you with us on this Monday morning. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. Fellas, let's get right to it. Casey McAllister, Paul Frischner. Um, the Bengals. Yeah. Your overall thoughts. I mean, give me a couple of bullet points here, your overall thoughts on the game besides, obviously, needing the win, getting the win. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was really impressed, honestly. Um, I did not think that it was going to be this sound of a win. I thought, you know, we we're still going to see some. I thought it was going to be a closer game, honestly. I just thought we were going to win. I just thought it would be closer. Um, defense played out of their mind. Um, they played like they're supposed to play against a bad quarterback, a bad offense. Well, not as bad as the Steelers offense or the, the Dallas with Cooper Rush, but I mean, they, they played the way they were supposed to play. I thought the play calling for offense was so much better. They, I mean, the... Well, Joe Burrow made that comment after the game. Yeah. He said he, he really liked the play calling. Um, I, I, please continue. Yeah, so I was just really impressed that they got all their guys involved early. And it wasn't cited to one person. Yep. Like Chase wasn't featured. Yep. Everyone was featured. Yep. I also have another thing to say about Tyler Boyd. Man, he is just he grinds, man. There was a few catches where he just caught it and he's just fighting for extra yards. He's Guy's twisting a gamer. and pulling. And that's why we got that we got that one touchdown from him. He yep. just bounced off the guy, took it to the house. And we've seen it before. We've seen him do it last year against the Steelers. I don't know why we can't find him more often because I feel like he just tears up the middle. The there, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think he's one of the top 15 to 20 receivers in the league, and he's got two guys on his team that might be better than him. Uh, Chase for sure is. Higgins puts up more numbers, but I think if, if Boyd was more featured in your offense, like you're talking about, yeah. I think that he could put up numbers where he's getting 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 receiving yards Absolutely. a year. Yeah. Guy's tough. Yeah. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I liked what the Bengals did yesterday without having to face somebody like a Micah Parsons or a, a, a TJ yep. Watt where you have this total game record type player on the other defensive line and you have a, a defensive line that got two sacks, right? I, I, are we going to see a game this year where the Bengals don't allow a sack? Or is yesterday, no, is no. yesterday as close as we're going to get? Because the Jets still got two sacks on Joe Burrow. Neither one of them really... Uh, all that important in the, in the grand scheme of things for the game. But the other thing I would say is the one touchdown that Joe threw to Jamar Chase, I really liked because even as the pressure was coming to him and the pocket was collapsing, he still stayed through his progressions of his routes. And the Jets were completely, uh, they were confused setting up defensively on that play. They, they didn't know what they were doing as that play started to develop. And 
Jamar just broke over to the middle of the field and was wide open for the touchdown. So those are the types of things that you like to see out of Joe Burrow just because that's what makes him such a great quarterback. Um, I liked overall what I thought. I, I never really thought the game was in doubt. There was one point maybe like the end of the third quarter where the Bengals had to punt and the Jets sort of had a little momentum and you're thinking to yourself, okay, let's, let's calm things down here. But it never, it was never really in yeah. doubt. As soon as the Bengals scored that first touchdown, it was never really in doubt. This was a game. A lot of people expected the Bengals to win by double digits and they did. And I think that's the most important thing is that they didn't just, I, I, yes, a win by one is the same as a win by 30. But I think in this case yesterday, Tom, I, I don't know if I would agree with that. I think yesterday going out there, and making a statement like this against a lowly team like the Jets, you can't start 0-3 against Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, and Joe Flacco. Yeah. With the rest of this schedule, the way it's setting up the rest of the year, that can't happen and have you, outside of all of the doom and gloom stats of an 0-3 team hasn't made the playoffs sure. since, you know, whatever. Forget that. Just for your own personal pride, you can't lose to those three quarterbacks and hope to salvage the season. So that was that was a good performance yesterday by the Bengals and about as good as you could have asked for. And that's why, I mean, look, I want, I want to believe in the defense because I think they on defense, they have some really good players. Some really good players. I think that's, a, that's an impressive unit. Uh, line, linebackers, secondary. I think they have some really good players and some great leaders. Now, DJ Reader got hurt in the game. He said after the game that, you know, they told him, no, shut it down. Uh, we'll see if he can progress and be ready to go on Thursday night. Because, boys, all of a sudden, they're playing a team in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you beat the Buffalo Bills, and I don't care where that game's played. You beat the Buffalo Bills, at least the Buffalo Bills that we saw the first two weeks of the season. And um, they have every right in the world to be excited um, about Miami and the way they're playing down there. You know, look, the, the, the comeback and Tua throws his six touchdowns in that week before when they rallied to beat Baltimore. Everybody's talking about that. But, but I keep hearing more and more people talk about how good this Miami defense is. Yeah. I mean, they held them up at the one-yard line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I thought that Miami's defense played well yesterday. I thought it just the way that the game ended, that they were still able to hold Buffalo at the very end of the game because that was a situation where you have the butt punt and you think to yourself, okay, everything's going wrong. And somehow in the end, a good team finds a way to win, just like Buffalo. You find a way at the end of the game to get it done and, and salvage a win from that game. But when it mattered, you know, Buffalo did hurt themselves with that penalty right at the end, right when they were on the cusp of field goal position. Uh, they were they were right there. They were probably two, three yards away from that imaginary target line that yep. that CBS had put on the field, and they just, you know, I think it was a hold. I think it was a hold on on the tackle or the guard, yep. and uh, backed them up ten yards, and they couldn't get back from that because if you think about it, the throw that. Uh, Josh Allen completed over the middle of the field on that next play, that would have put him well within field goal yep. range. And uh, now, granted, they still didn't get up to the line and spike it in time, but uh, that holding penalty right there at the end was 
I don't want to say what cost them the game, but what's it's what cost them a, a good opportunity because you probably don't call the same play if you, if you're if you don't have that holding penalty, you might call something more toward oh, the sideline. Yeah, you know, it changes the whole dynamic of what you're going to do on that next play. Well, look, I made the comment a moment ago, and I stand by it. And look, I know there are some of you out there that could find the outlier of this to be true. I know there are games like this in the history of the league, but I would challenge anybody to find me a team that's throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game and winning games regularly in the NFL. And I can't believe that's the identity of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I, I, I find it very hard to believe that's who Sean McDermott wants them to be. He is a rugged, tough, former wrestler, William & Mary, I think it was, defensive guy, coordinator in Philly. I mean, he is a smash-mouth football kind of guy. Now, you got to play to your strengths and, 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 and your, your players and their talents. But Buffalo has to be able to run the football. You throw it 63 times, I don't care what Allen's numbers were. And by the way, it's interesting to note, we're going to have our top five performers on this week uh, here in a minute. But when I'm sitting down to decide who's going on that list on Sunday night after all the games are in, the thing I always find so interesting, and this happens virtually every single week, of the top five or seven quarterback numbers, just numbers, okay? Yards, touchdowns, all this kind of thing. More times than not, and in this week's case of the top five, four of the five with the best numbers lost the game. Lost the game. Mm. And that will be true, I guarantee you, if you watch it. Every single week. ESPN has a little thing on ESPN.com where under NFL, there's a little little uh, icon stats. So if you hit that stats and it scrolls down, it'll give you the season leaders in the NFL. But then if you go to weekly leaders in the NFL, and it'll pull up the top five quarterbacks, top five running backs, top five wide receivers on any given week, four of the five this week lose. Okay. So gut reaction, Tom. Gut reaction after watching the Dolphins and the Bengals yesterday. It's Monday morning. Who wins on Thursday? I don't know yet. I, I got to see about guys like Reader. I got to find out where he is. I think he's as important a part of this defense as they have on the team. I'm reading up on uh, some of the stuff about Tua just because, you know, we thought it was a, a head injury. Yeah. They're saying that he actually had a back issue yeah that's what he said after the game okay he tried to pass it off as a back issue okay but whether he was just saying that uh, who knows yeah what well, I, I wonder what well, the believing. pa says about it yeah. I, I really am curious and then uh also just to mention as well something to keep an eye on for future reference uh josh allen did something to his right hand after the game mm. and he's claiming nothing happened but he got x-rays on it so so he, it's must something. Have, he must have done something. That's right. It's something. You don't get x-rays for nothing. Um, what was the last NFL game we decided? Oh, we were going to assess. It. Look, look, the team, very few people talking about. They're one of three teams left in a league undefeated. Uh, the other plays their third game tonight, one of the others, in the New York football Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys tonight. That's in New York, in the Meadowlands of Jersey, technically. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, they are looking. They are. Are we ready to say that, that they're a contending team? Because I am. Well, I, when I look at the NFC, I want somebody to tell me, is there somebody that you look at? Green Bay looks beatable. They've already lost a game. Yeah. Tampa Bay looks more than beatable. 
Both of those defenses are excellent. Well, that was your given Aaron Rodgers week one loss, though. That's your check. That, the, that's that's right. your check the box. Shake it up. That's your check the box. Right. Aaron Rodgers, get it out of the way. Loss. But those offenses do not look very no. good. And Philadelphia has a great defense, at least uh, so it looks. Yeah. And um, Jalen Hurts is playing as well as any quarterback in the league so far. Yeah, he's looking really good. He threw for almost 350 yards yesterday. Eagles betting favorites now to win the NFC. Really? Yeah. I don't doubt wow. it. Yeah. I mean, Hertz has just looked unbelievable. I'm in. Such of improvement from last year to this year. Washington stinks, but I'm in on the Eagles. I was already in on the Eagles after what I saw last week against uh, Minnesota. Yep. But, yeah, I'm in. I think what, what's really telling is that what they got back on offense, like they have – or what they acquired on offense. They got yeah. A.J. Brown. Yep a big guy that can make contested catches. Um, Dallas Goddard, he's one of the best yep. tight ends in the league right now. Very underrated. And Devontae Smith, we, he won the Heisman. I mean, yep. this, this kid's really good. <laughs> and Hurts just trusts his guys. He just – and he, he will put them in position. I don't think he's really made that many mistakes this year. Oh, which he's is, good. Yeah, which is the difference, really. He, he's protecting the ball, doing what he needs to do, whether he needs to run the ball, whether he needs to – pass it he, to me he looks like vintage cam newton from like 2015 his mvp season right yeah. now that's the comparison people are making right now and I, I he might be better honestly well let's see uh you know at the end of the day that division stinks yeah uh, it, it stinks uh, the cowboys uh, they get prescott back maybe they're okay they look terrible with prescott the first half of the first game of the year against uh first three quarters of the year against tampa bay um the Giants, I mean, good for them. Uh, their coach has shown a lot of guts going for the win down there in Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, getting the win. Dallas and the Giants, we mentioned, play tonight. Washington stinks, you're right. Um, <laughs> and so then there's Philly. All right, uh, here we go. Top five power teams. This is just me. And this is a fluid ranking. I'm not saying who will be the top five by the end of the year. I'm just basing it on watching the first three weeks of the season, okay? Some of you are not going to like who I have at number four. Hold on. We're firing it up here. All right. Let's pull it up. All right. Number one. We got. Here it is. The Miami Dolphins. And based on those numbers right there, I probably should have gone Philadelphia. But I just think that you look at the teams Miami has beaten so far, a win over Buffalo, a win over Baltimore, I think the Dolphins deserve number one. Eagles, two. Bills lose, but, I mean, look at that. Two on offense, one on defense, one, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm going there. Here's the one you're not going to like is the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, unlike every other team on that list or other teams that some of you might say should be in the top five or top ten, are playing with a backup quarterback. And they should be 3-0. and Were it not for something happening in an NFL game that has not happened in 21 years. And that's blowing a 13-point lead with a minute 30 to go. The Cleveland Browns have a good team. They do. I um, mean, they got a good team. And, and you know, look, I, I, I think so far, I think you, would, you could make an argument, and I am making it. You may disagree with it. That's fine. Um, 
that they're better today than Baltimore is. And if they get Deshaun Watson back, whether you like the guy or hate the guy, I don't care. The guy can play. And I said at the start of the year, the more wins the Browns pile up now with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and he's not bad. He's been a starter in, in this league uh, and probably could be for some other teams, I guess. And then who did I have number five there? The yeah. ch- uh, Chiefs. 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 Go ahead and pull it back up for us. Okay. Chiefs, okay, Chiefs will go number five. Uh, although I, I think they have some issues, too. I really do. Uh, Baltimore, now, they, they, you could put them in this group. Green Bay, could you put them in this group? You probably could. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think that – it's going to sound crazy to say, but if you were looking at how the betting trends were going into that Chiefs-Colts game yesterday, I was not shocked that the Colts pulled that off against the Chiefs. Just the way that the line was moving, the way that everything was trending toward that game, I think 90% – of the public was on the Chiefs in that game. Everybody thought it was easy money, and generally those are the types of games where you think to yourself, eh, this team probably isn't going to win this game. I mean, yeah. to be to be fair to the Chiefs, it was a lot of special teams gaffes. I mean, a lot. But you got to be efficient in all three phases of football. You, we experienced yep. that with the Bengals week one. I mean, you don't lose a long snapper. We're, we're talking about a two-and-one team instead of a one-and-two. Yep. So... To me, it's, you know, I, I like your list. Um, you don't like and, the Brownies on there. No. I, the Browns, you don't like them on there because you're a fan. I, I'm starting to kind of come around to it that the Browns with Deshaun, if Deshaun is who right. we think he will be, that's a pretty good list. But I'm just thinking back to the Jets situation, and I'm like, we just, you know, handled business in New York, a 27-12 victory, and our defense – for the Bengals, just to put it in perspective, I'm not trying to debate whether the Bengals should be up there. They shouldn't be. But the Browns losing to the Jets says more about their team overall to me than it does anything else. Like, we, we, the Browns' defense couldn't get a turnover. Or they couldn't stop Joe Flacco when they needed to. You're right. They couldn't, um, you know, score again like when, when they had – 30 seconds left to right. punch it in after they, they got the ball back. So I do like the Browns. I think what they're really good at is scripted football. Like when they get up, when they get a touchdown or two lead on you. They're going to run the ball they're, 40, they're, 50 times in exactly, a game. Exactly. And that's exactly. what they should do. And, and they've got a good defense. Um, like the Bengals, they've got a good defense. But I, I still look at, and look, we all agree, the Bengals are better than they played the first two games of the year, but they lost to two crappy teams. The Steelers stink. The Steelers stink. Yeah. yeah and, 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 you know, Dallas, I know they got Parsons, and some would say through the first three weeks of the year, game number four for them, and game number three for them tonight, that he's been the best defender in the NFL, and I'm not going to argue that. Yeah, I – I think it'll say more about last week's game against Dallas tonight. We'll see how uh, Michael Parsons does against the Cow- uh, Cowboys, against the Giants. Yep. Because, I mean, I mean the, the argument is, like, T.J. Watt, Michael Parsons, like, those are two really, you know, those are MVP-type defensive players, right? So, I mean, of course we struggled with them. So, I and the, the whole thing about not being – Playing in the offseason, or yeah, the preseason, preseason. Yep. and just, you know. Maybe started to show a little bit yesterday. 
Yeah, I'm maybe just, it did. I'm thinking that it's on the upswing. Okay, that, well, you know what? And look, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, I think the Bengals have a really good team, and I think they're going to be fine. Um, I really do. And I think this AFC North, after maybe a week or two ago, some of us saying doesn't look so good. I'm not so sure about that. I think Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati are going to end up being, as we thought at the beginning of the year, three of the top eight or ten teams in the AFC. I really do. Throw the Jaguars up there, Tom. No, Throw the Jaguars up there. The Jaguars up there. T Law? I'm not. I'm not. Tom. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Even after being. Although the they're going to win a lot of games again, another bad division. They're probably going to win the South. They're not going to win the South. Huh? It's not going to happen. Do I we mean, have they, Doc on yet? We do have Doc. All right, He's let's ready. get to Doc. All right, let's get right he to it. He wants him. a different Paul. Pleasure to be joined by uh, Paul Doherty. Doc, we're sitting here going around and around and around. I loved uh, the morning line that you posted right after the game last night, and I concur with you a thousand percent. It was at least refreshing to see that Zach Taylor, after winning another coin toss, said, let's take the football. And why wouldn't you, with at least this offense, this offense theoretically, that they put on the field every single week? I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, Tom, I, I've never understood why anyone would defer. Uh, what, what that says to me is, is that you, you lack the confidence in your offense to, to set the tone. And why would anybody lack confidence in this particular offense? I mean, it's not Zach. The whole league does it. And I've argued that the, the defer thing the same way I've argued forever that why is fourth down automatically a punt down? Now, the NFL, you know, maybe three years ago, four years ago, started coming around on that, agreeing with me and, and others that, you know, don't waste fourth down. God and Vince Lombardi gave you four downs to make another four downs. Use all four of them, right? And then, but the thing with deferring and the, the, lo the logic that, well, you know, we get the ball to start the second half. Well, so what? Why don't you, why don't you want the ball to start the first half? Isn't football about being aggressive and imposing your will and telling teams this this is our day, not yours, you don't do that by deferring. So, yeah, good for Zach, and I hope that they do that the rest of the year. There's no reason for them not to do that the rest of the year. You know, after I read the morning line, and you can find it at substack.com, uh, after I read it yesterday, I meant to sit down and look up a stat because for years and years and years, and I'm sure it still holds true today, the team that scores first in baseball, I think, won at roughly about 66 to 67% of the time. I don't know what that number is, Doc. Maybe you do in football, but I'm with you. And we were just talking about the Cleveland Browns uh, and, and, and how that's a team that if they get up on you, they're going to start to run and run and run and run and pound you into submission, and Lord knows they're capable of doing it with Nick Chubb back there. But, but, but the Bengals or anybody else, who wants to play when you're ahead by a touchdown after your first series of the year? Every single hand in the room goes up, count me in. Yeah, I think Burrow said, said as much after the game. That's how we want to play when, we're, when you're ahead by seven instead of behind by seven. It, it, it opens up the playbook to a certain extent. You, you can do just about anything you want when you get behind and teams know you got to pass. They, they can defend against that. I think more than anything, though, Tom, I don't know anything about the numbers uh, in terms of, of success if you score first. It, it, it set the tone. It, it sent the message that needed sending, which is 
We're not going to wait around and hope good things are going to happen. We're going to make them happen. I think Burrow on that first drive was eight for 10. He threw 10 mm -hmm. passes on the first drive. And that, that was obviously with the intent of getting some confidence back, getting, getting back to who they were in the second half of last year. And, you know, it worked out exactly the way it should have. You know, it was, uh, it was interesting. I think when they scored their second touchdown, I was in the car, and I thought I heard Dave Lapham or Dan Horde make the comment that as, as high-powered high as this offense is, I think they said yesterday it was the first time in their last seven or eight games, going back to last season, of course, where the Bengals' offense scored more than two touchdowns in a game, that that marched through the playoffs last year, uh, largely – uh, was due to playing great defense and Evan McPherson. So maybe on multiple levels, uh, th th this had something to do with Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and everybody else coming out and saying, listen, we got to start being the offense we should be. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm sure you would concur uh, that they've not forgotten that Tyler Boyd is on this team. This guy's a player, Tyler Boyd. I always love this guy. He never complains about... Uh, not getting the ball, and why are they always throwing to Chase and Higgins and all that kind of thing? They might have to let him walk out the door, but boy, he is a really good player for this team. Well, he he opens up a lot of the deep stuff for the other two guys. The fact that you got to account for him in the slot, coming across the middle, intermediate, short and intermediate routes, uh, means you got one less guy to, to look after uh, T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase. Um, I think the, the biggest takeaway from yesterday, Tom, is let, let Joe be Joe. Let, let Burrow, whatever Burrow wants, give it to him. Um, and he wanted the, the coin flip thing and, and take the ball, and they did it, and it worked. Uh, and, and he came out firing. You, you know, you get him going early, you get that rhythm established, the confidence, and everything flows from there. Getting ahead early. Uh, on the Jets yesterday, allowed them to go after Joe Flacco, who I think uh, sometime next week will be filing for Medicare. I mean, I, I don't think the NFL has ever had a 107-year-old quarterback before. Um, but nevertheless, uh, getting ahead on them helps the defense, as, as we saw. So let Joe be Joe. Let, let the offense do what it needs to do. And, and along the way, try to find yourselves uh, some semblance of a running game. What are your thoughts initially, Doc, on this Miami game coming up? Uh, you know, Dolphins 3-0. Uh, they, they, they rallied in spectacular fashion to stun Baltimore two weeks ago. Buffalo looked like the best team on the planet through the first two games of the year. Everybody picked to go to the Super Bowl. And yet they really, really stood up, especially on defense against Josh Allen and the Bills. This all of a sudden, I'm not so, so sure everybody thought about it when the season started, but this all of a sudden has the makings of a, of a really good game Thursday night here in Cincinnati. Yeah, that, that's one reason it's, it's silly but fun to look at the schedule when it comes out and try to pick the number of wins, the record. Uh, and when the schedule came out, nobody was thinking that the Dolphins were going to be 3-0. and I, I think the biggest thing about this game, Tom, something that would should play into the Bengals' hands, Miami is coming off an emotional game in, in which they, they had to defend 90 plays in 90-degree 90 heat. 
And now they've got four days to get ready. And, and Tua looked a little shaky physically, as everybody saw, whether it was his back or, or his head or whatever. He, he was not in the greatest of shape. And, and actually, he's been a gamer, and he's been good, and they've won all three. He's not Joe Burrow. Uh, he's not quite as good as he's not quite in that league. So I I think the Bengals are catching the Dolphins at a really good time, especially on a Thursday night. You're a guy that is written about from time to time through the years, and this really um, bothered me over the weekend. And that is some of the shots we're seeing to players in the head area. Uh, the, the T. Higgins hit yesterday was as brutal a hit as I have seen in a long time. Uh, it was straight out, full momentum, 190, 200-pound defensive back, chiseled out of stone, running as fast as he can, lowers his helmet, pow right into the helmet, splits open Higgins' lip. He was able to come back and play in the game. But the Tua thing, I know they're saying it's a back thing, Look, I'm not going to accuse anybody of lying, but I have a hard time understanding how officials are missing a lot of this stuff. And I know they're out there doing the best they can, and they're 50 and 60 year old men, 40 year old men trying to keep up with 20 something year old men in a very fast, violent game. But man, some of these hits and calls, Doc, they're missing. Um, there's a risk of some serious, serious injury in this sport right now, the speed at which they're playing. Well, I, I think one problem is, Tom, that that a lot of those calls are, are subjective. You know what I mean? They're, they're not they're not obvious, like a hold or a, or, or a block in the back or, or uh, you know offside penalty or you know, delay of game. Those are obvious, kind of cut and dried things. The, the 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 guys go after each other, like you say, so fast. They're so quick. I mean, you could argue the other side of, of, of what you're saying, Tom, is that, well, that guy just couldn't stop himself. You know, what is he supposed to do? He's chasing the guy, his momentum carries him into him, and, and at the last second, the guy ducks his head. You know, and what, am, what are you supposed to do? Your head as a tackler is not aimed toward his head at, as a ball carrier, but he ducks his head in a, in a millisecond, and, and he makes contact with your helmet and you get the penalty. I see that side of it, too. I, I don't know what they can do about this, Tom. I, you know, it, it's – you can't make – I don't know that you can make the helmet any better. Uh, I don't know that you can make the game any safer. And you're right, the guys get bigger, faster, stronger every year. The hits are more violent every year. We're seeing it more in college than we ever did before. Guys getting carted off. Uh, guys getting concussed. Um it's sort of like NASCAR, right? You cannot, you cannot make the sport completely safe just with gadgets, with new inventions. Um, the hardest helmet, the best helmet in the world, is not going to protect you in football if you get knocked, you know, head on at a hundred miles an hour by a guy who wants to take your head off. So I, 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 it's a problem, and I, I don't know what they do about it. To tell you the truth. Speaking of the college game, uh, UC hosts Indiana, and I think it's a perfect example of how far this program has come. And a lot of people out there are saying, duh, they made it to the college football playoff last year as a non-Power 5 team. No kidding. But 
to play a Big Ten team, and I don't think Indiana is necessarily very good, uh, but they do have a lot of good players. They recruit relatively well. They had not lost a game this year. UC was not even on top of its game, so to speak, in many facets of the game, and yet it's a 21-point win. Uh, I'm not so sure UC loses again this year. Yeah, it's tough to say you can run the table. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think they have that chance. I, I think the big thing about that win, as you said, it just kind of puts another brick in the wall uh, of UC's credibility. And you're right, Indiana's just okay, but they're so-called Power 5 school, and they play in the Big Ten. And UC handled them last year and handled them more easily this year. And I think that's a feather in the cap. Another, like I said, another brick in the wall uh, for UC credibility-wise heading into a so-called Power Five conference. Another thing I think it did fairly effectively was end any mention of any quarterback controversy. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody out there today saying that Evan Prater should be starting ahead of Ben Bryant. Um, I, I think Prater can still work for them as a situational guy uh, when, 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 the, when the time demands it, but uh, Ben Bryant's the guy going forward, and it's never really healthy when you got uh, so-called controversy at quarterback, and I think uh, that's, that's pretty much over now. Um, last thing I, I mentioned a, a moment ago, and, and that is, you know, for guys our age, um, and, and this is continuing in the vein of college football. Now, I know Florida State is off to a 4-0 start this year. But I, but I tell you, Doc, I just scratched my head because we could have said the same thing, uh, not necessarily about Alabama. And there are a lot of people that forget this. They had the, you know, the Bear Bryant years, and then things went really south for a long, long time. Mount Mike Shula was down there. Some other guys were down there. They got in some trouble. Uh, Gene Stallings, I think, was down there for a long, long time. But over the last 15 years, Alabama's been Alabama. But when we were younger, you had Nebraska, you had Florida State, you had Miami of Florida, and you had the University of Texas that virtually every single year they were going to be in the conversation of being a national championship contending team. And here over the weekend, you have Miami of Florida that loses to Middle Tennessee State University. I just can't believe how some of these programs, especially Nebraska and Florida State, uh, and Miami to a, to a little bit lesser extent, I just can't believe how far they have fallen. Uh, I, I can't disagree with you, um, especially for a place like Miami, which really had it rolling for a while and had developed its own brand, for lack of a better term. You knew if you went to the U, what kind of experience you were in for, you know? For better or worse, you know, they, they, they were good time guys that liked to have fun and, and beat the crap out of you on, on Saturdays. Um I remember Chad Johnson telling me way back in the day that Howard Schnellenberger built that team into a winner essentially by driving around the the, uh, the, the mostly African-American neighborhoods in Miami. Liberty City was where Chad was from in a really nice fancy car like in the middle of the week and just talking to kids around there who played football. Hey, you ought to give us a try. You ought to give us a shot. And from that, uh, the U, as we know it, was born. So I, I don't know whether whether they're 
they're not recruiting well. I don't know how you can't recruit well to a place like that. Um, but you're right. It's been a while for Miami. They haven't they haven't been really good for as long as I can remember, Tom. And Nebraska, I, I don't I don't know. I think Osborne, Tom Osborne was Nebraska, and once Tom Osborne was no longer Nebraska, Nebraska ceased being Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it's just so hard to believe. I know Florida State's back in the rankings again. They're they're like 22nd, 23rd, 4 0, uh, and have a big game coming up this weekend. So we'll see how that all plays out. But it's just, I, I just find it stunning that, that, that all of these schools have gone to two, three, four, five, if not more coaches over a 15, 20, 25 year time frame. They have all the money in the world, all of them. Um, and yet, you know, they can't replicate what's going on at places like Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia and some of these places, Clemson, year after year after year, just dominating well, college football. You know what else, Tom? Uh, the secret got out about Florida football early, mid-'80s. Uh, you, want, you want fast, athletic kids. You go to Florida and get them. They're there just to be picked like apples off a tree. Um, that didn't really take effect in a negative way for the Florida schools for immediately. But now everybody knows that Florida is a goldmine for high school football players and everybody has taken advantage of it. And all the kids or a lot of the kids that Miami and Florida State and Florida used to get, they go elsewhere. It's not just happy hunting for the local guys anymore. Everybody knows about Florida. And it's been a steady kind of uh, uh, migration of, of really great high school football talent from from Florida, just about everywhere else. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's where Urban Meyer really changed the whole landscape at Ohio State after spending so many years at the University of Florida. Now they get players coming out of there left and right. Uh, all right, Doc, we'll catch up at the end of the week uh, to preview uh, as we get closer to the Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. Thank you for your time and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. That's a morning line at Substack. Uh, I jumped on that thing and, uh, and, 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 you know, a couple clicks here, a couple clicks there, and it's easy to get. They send it right to your email every day, and so you can get the morning line. All right, speaking of lines, we made our picks. We did. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to see how we did. And I'm going to give you the college football power top five as well as our top five college and pro performers over the weekend. Zim Day still to come at 1135. Lots of uh, Bengals talk, lots of uh, college football talk, um, and anything else that's on your mind. We're here Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until noon. You can go to YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. Same thing on Facebook, Chatterbox Sports. Join in on the conversation. Love to get some of the comments. We'll share some of those coming up. We're also just in I, I, uh, in, uh, in uh, help me, podcast form, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get them. You don't have to see the ugly mugs on this show <laughs> or at least an ugly mug on this show. I don't want to put Casey and Paul and or Brandon in that category because they're girlfriends, wives, or, or somebody else might think that uh, they're very handsome. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. I think she does. Well, I'd like yeah. to hope that she does. Well, yeah, Most of the time, believe me, least, right? it, it's all a mirage. <laughs> it's all a mirage. Download numbers are up on the podcast, Tom. Good. We need it. 
Uh, I got a lot of people who just came up to me over the weekend that I ran into. You know what they told me? And I'm being totally serious about this because I beat you guys down a lot. I had four people in the last 24 hours. I was in UDF twice. I go into UDF like five times a day. I don't say it because they're our sponsor. I really do. I live right around the corner. It's the only little um, um, business we have in our little town. And so I go in there all the time, know all the employees and blah, blah, blah. But uh, in there twice yesterday, had two people there. And then my mother-in-law watches the show all the time. And then a, a, another buddy of mine, they said, I love the banter with Casey and Brandon and Paul. Really? Honest to God. And I, I, and I said, well, there we go. then you're very easily entertained. Look at us. There yeah. we go. Happy to help, Tom. Happy to help. Happy to help. And believe me. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> all right, when we come back, we're going to go through our picks. Brandon is somewhere between Wisconsin and here, where I don't know, but we'll find out in a minute. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Um, all right, let's see. We have lots of uh, folks watching right now. Uh, let's see. Everett says, put money on the Bills prediction, Tom. I don't know what that means. Did I, did they, they wouldn't go to the, um, the championship game yeah. going 60 times a game? Yeah, I think okay. that's what he's saying. All yeah. right. Um, let's see. Dustin is with us every week. Says he's a little bit late today, busy at work. But now he's dialed in. Says he's a little bit worried about the Bengals running game. Mixon looks banged up. And the best running they did yesterday was, without a doubt, fourth quarter was Samaj P. Run. Yeah, he just—he was a no-nonsense runner. He just found the hole and popped it every time. I feel that. Okay, uh, I agree with you too. I, I think P. Run's a nice, a nice addition to this team. Somebody's calling one of you guys a dork. Uh oh. I don't know who that is. Who? I don't know. I would imagine. Hold on, that's let me me. check it out. AJ. AJ says, tell what your dork producer to stop yelling into the microphone. He Aww. might be talking about me. <laughs> I don't Come on. Know. Okay. He could at least say the left or the right. All right, boys, <laughs> let's get to it. We got Zim Houday coming up at 1135. Um, and let's get right to our picks. Brandon Seho was up uh, doing an interview for his mental health show that's coming up, podcast that's coming up starting in November. You drove all the way by yourself, Brandon, to um, Madison, Wisconsin, to visit with one of the great offensive linemen of all time uh, in Browns history, and that is the great Joe Thomas. Are you back in town now? No, I'm, I'm still in Madison. I'm waiting to uh, – it's beautiful, as you can see, in my hotel room at the beautiful Hampton in Middleton, Wisconsin, just outside of Madison. Uh, meeting up with Joe Thomas here at about 2 o'clock to do that interview and podcast shoot. Have you been I'm over excited. to Madison yet? Have you ever been there before? I have not. After we get done here, I'm going to uh, – I got a couple recommendations on restaurants. I'm going to go check out some lunch down by the water by campus and see what yeah. it's like. You've been here a couple times, right? I, I got to tell you, it's one of the coolest towns uh, in the United States of America. Uh, it really, really is. Um, it's the state capital of Wisconsin, uh, and the campus is roughly, I don't know, four or five miles, but there's, there's water everywhere surrounding both the downtown, which they have laid out beautifully, um, and then the campus itself. It, it's big league operation. All right, let's get to the picks. Where are we starting, Casey? We are starting with the OSU 
Wisconsin game. The Mighty Buckeyes favored by 19. They were ahead by that many by the end of the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. Bucks roll. That's a big-time team. Now, that is a big-time team, boy. Yeah. They are really good. Uh, sooner or later, it's going to be collision with you-know-who, Alabama or Georgia. It ain't going to be Clemson. Nope. Um, Casey. Yeah. I, uh, I just had a gut feeling with this one, and uh, I barely, barely squeaked by uh, six points. So That I mean, was a great game to watch. And it, it was. It was. Uh, early on, I thought, ooh, this is getting a little, little shaky, but they blow for blow after that. After the first uh, um, like half, half of the first quarter, I yep. was like, oh, but Clemson lost. <laughs> what were you like? Uh. <laughs> Wait, what were you like? Uh, I mean, Clemson lost their running back uh, early on, and I think that hurt them in this game. But Wake Forest, I think, is legit. Um, I did forget to uh, update, obviously, their uh, records there. Um, So excuse me for that. It's okay. uh, Wake Forest is 3-1. Clemson goes to 4-0. And And, uh, we'll get to them in our power rankings here in a minute. Next up, we all go with the Florida Gators. Man, and that was a bad mistake, boys. Well, we, oh, they, they covered. covered. We they covered. covered. They, I'm sorry. I'm covered. sorry. I was thinking win-loss. You're right. We're all good there. They and they, they had a chance to win it. Tennessee has got a good team. Hendon Hooker's the real deal. Yeah. He's good. What? Oh, okay. You don't like Tennessee? No, I, I, I said last week I didn't think they were actually back. I don't know if Florida's really the measuring stick. Obviously, right. Georgia – is going to be, but um, I mean, that's the biggest win in Tennessee in a long time. Tell you, there's some great games coming up in that. Uh, we talked about it last week that SEC East, Kentucky's ranked seventh. You've got Tennessee now in the top 10. Uh, we know about Georgia, all of those teams in there. Some big crossover games as well in the SEC coming up starting this coming week. Uh, Kentucky playing Old Miss, or is it Mississippi State? I think it's Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. Ole Miss who's, who's, who's ranked and undefeated. Yep. Okay, next up. UC, UC covers. Casey, you do not have the faith. Uh, you know, and Indiana I was, should have covered this I was game. on the right Indiana side. Indiana was the we right got, pick here. Indiana was, was the right pick here. I mean, that, that fumble recovery for a touchdown, just I nearly lost my mind. I mean, I didn't bet this game, but what a disaster of a of – a, Blown cover for Indiana. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sitting there in the stands, going that last touchdown UC needed. So they see the field goal, I'm like just punch it in, like just just cover all the way. Yeah, and, and the fact that they almost came back. I mean, they almost had a chance to to cover the spread. Yeah, we said this was a, this was a. I think the, the good word choice here, and I really haven't, but I think it was an uneven game in many levels for UC, but it speaks volumes as to where they are as a program. I mean, these Big Ten teams, uh, now they're not going to beat Ohio State. Uh, the I, University I, of Cincinnati. The University of Cincinnati. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. So, um, then it comes to – now, this game, I, I, I still cannot believe that Arkansas did not win this game. Well, you know what the crazy thing is that I didn't realize until afterwards was uh, – or I didn't really think about until afterwards. They were playing at Jerry's World. They're playing – this game down there where the Cowboys play, the the goalposts are taller because they're NFL goalposts. The ball hits the top of the right goalpost 
comes back onto the field of yep. play, if they're playing on college goalposts, who knows? Maybe that sneaks in. Arkansas has a better team than A&M, I think. I think. But there you have it. All right. Casey and Brandon get the win. Uh, this oh was the most exciting game of the weekend. It really was. It honestly kind of was. It really was. No, it not kind of was. It was. Yeah. It was the most exciting game in college football. What was the final of this thing? 57-52, something like that? 59-52. 59-52, Bobcats. All that matters is the Bobcats won. I don't care if they covered or not. Never betting they gotta Bobcats win. ever again. Okay. <laughs> Never. Well, that, that's your, you're <laughs> you're, you're going to be a loser a lot, Casey, coming up. <laughs> All right, Brand on we go now to the National Football League. Brandon. Wait, 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 Tom. Four, four and one. Four and one in college, just to, just for the record there. Four okay, well, one. now you can put up two fingers. Because <laughs> Casey and I went with the Brownies, and the Brownies more than covered, beating their division rival Steelers. Browns are good. I got them number four this in is my a- power rankings. I don't know if you saw that, Brandon. I think the Browns, yeah, they should be 3-0. They should. And right. that, that game was a little bit bigger than just that, that bet, too. I don't know if you remember, but Tuesday. Oh, true. Special day. Tomorrow. Oh, be shoot. ready, Brandon. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Pie in the face. Pie in the face, Brandon. Pie in the face. We'll see you Traveling tomorrow. Traveling to Madison, Wisconsin <laughs> won't get you out of that. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Bucks and Packers. Bucks. I mean, the Bucks without Mike Evans. Uh, both defenses of these teams are really good. Um, but man, um, Tom Brady's got to be so frustrated. Yeah. I mean, they just, there's something going on outside of just their team too. I know they lost some linemen, but man, this team offensively is just bad. Brutal. And the, the procedural, like right at the end, the, the, was it a false start or delay game? What backed them up to five errors? Was it delay game? Yeah. Delay game on a two point conversion. Yeah. Backs them up five yards. That just can't happen. There's no, I mean, having the Bengals a couple times yesterday. I, I you know, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get the whole thing about, about, and I used to say it for years and years when I did uh, NFL games. There is no excuse whatsoever for delay of game penalties. None. Get the play in, call the damn play, and run the play. You got 40 seconds in the college game. Yes. Pro games, what, 25? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Get the play in. Okay. Um, we all take the Bengals, all yeah. come away winners there. Okay, they cover with their first win. Well, there's no doubt. It's actually pretty sad what a homer show this is. One of the lowlights in my professional career, and there have been many, <laughs> but one of the lowlights was singing Cincinnati Bengals. That's a team we're going to cheer to victory. How about, oh, how about Casey's abbreviation of Baltimore here, BLT? I love that. Yeah, getting hungry it, for lunch over here. Yeah, you don't I see that really too hungry. much, but I appreciate that one, Casey. Mix it up. <laughs> now, you guys had a couple of thoughts on this game, right? Yeah, I did not watch much of this game. I got to be honest. I saw the Mac Jones interception, terrible, terrible throw. Uh, when they had a chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter, I think everybody's still kind of coming back down to earth on the Patriots and realizing that this is not the Tom Brady Patriots. This is not the Patriots that we've we're accustomed to for 20 some years and yeah. I think everybody is slowly realizing that yes Bill Belichick might be the one of the best NFL coaches of all time but 
there's a dose of reality with the talent level of this Patriots team that now you are starting to see the product of that on the field, and especially with a quarterback like Mac Jones, who I don't think is a bad quarterback, but Patriots fans that were accustomed to seeing Tom Brady not make interceptions yep. like what you saw there at the end of that game where you're driving down the field, and if you're a Patriots fan growing up, if you're a 25, 26-year-old Patriots fan, You've never seen that interception That's before, right. in, a, in, a, in a general sense of the term. You've That's never exactly seen that right. NFL, uh, that that interception before. And now all of a sudden you're seeing more and more of those types of plays, and then he gets hurt at the end of the game. I mean, it was just th – this is, I thought, kind of a microcosm of where the Patriots are right now. Now, the Ravens have had a lot of success against the Patriots historically, um, you know, in the last decade or so. They've, they've been able to go to, to Foxborough and win this type of a game. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think that, that this is a Baltimore a team that was supposed to win this game. I picked them to win this game, picked them to cover this game, and they checked all those boxes. Uh, uh, by the never... way, it should be noted, I don't mean to cut you off there, Brandon, but when I, you know, I, 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 had, I did not mention, and I thank our good friend Sean Spurlock for reminding me that um, not only did Mike Evans not play for Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones did not play for Tampa yeah. Bay. They were beat up. Brandon, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I was never feel bad for uh, New England fans. Kids or kids. People my age there have seen, what, 15 championship parades in their life? Oh, yeah. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Let them have all the Matt jo Mac Jones interceptions and all that stuff. All right. Uh, so, Miami. Casey and I go with Miami. Brandon was on that uh, Buffalo Brandon um, train. And so... Um, too bad. Too bad. That's an L. How many fingers are you putting up now? You had one up a minute ago. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think four, it's going to two, three, and four, I think. Yeah, he's got four four losses on okay. this one. But I would just like to say, Brandon, my theory was right. They broke the trend. They did. They did. They <laughs> finally <laughs> beat a quarterback. So much. Why don't you try to explain it again for anyone that doesn't know what this is? Casey no. no, this is a two-hour show. No, it's a two-hour show. We can't do that. They beat it. Did this have to do with a family member? By the way, I didn't ask you. You told me as I was leaving the other day that you bought your father-in-law a new tumbler. I did. Oh, yeah. The one after and, you lost. And I got video of it. He poured it. He crescented the, the tumbler mug. What did he put in there? Bud Light. Nice. Okay. And then he just sat back, sipped on his beer, and watched the Bengals cruise to a victory. I think it worked. I think I've made good with the universe. I hope. Football I wouldn't hold speak. my breath on we'll that. See, we'll see Thursday. I would we'll not hold Thursday. my breath all on that. All peace with Casey's in-laws. That's big news. All that is big news. He, he, he's still not out of the doghouse with his mother-in-law, but his father-in-law, maybe nope. he's got a fighting chance. So um, is that it for the picks? Yes. That is it. All right, that so let's it. take a look at where we stand. Where are the standings here, Casey? That's here they are. The bottom. Right Record there. back yeah. down here. Record. So... Um, Ooh. Brandon and Casey are tied. We're tied. A five-game spread. All three of us had winning weeks this week. Boys, once I get to 500, it is going to be like uh, uh, a rocket being shot into space. A $100 better tailing Brandon and Casey this year would be up $670 right That's now. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's really good. 6.7 6. units yeah. positive. You're not getting that in the no. stock market right now. No, you're no, not. You're, not. You're, getting on, on, uh, you're getting it on off the, the bench. <laughs> is what you're getting. Um, that's good stuff. I so mean, we, we've got a game. 
we've got a game. And I tell you what, we were looking at talking about some of the uh, picks for this coming weekend, uh, some of the games we were looking at. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to start on Thursday night this week. So, Brandon, get ready. Casey, get ready. And, Paul, we're going to bring you back for, you know, the last two times we have asked you, Paul, uh, and, and you give all this information on your show, okay? Yeah. And, and you're on later today, right? Yes, yeah, 2 o'clock today. Okay. Um, the last two times we've had you, the only two times on this program, to have you sprinkle, as you like to say, right, yeah. on the money line. Find that money line underdog. You've been on it. Yeah. I got you. The UK a couple weeks ago and the Dolphins uh, this past week. Yes, you did. I'll try and find one for you on Thursday. I mean, there are people all over the place that um, that are very excited about your picks. <laughs> hey, we have a, a, a woman who goes by Bengal Babe. Nice to have women joining the program. Yes. Yeah. And she says, uh, I think the Bengals are going to win on Thursday. Um, and six four one two Mar says, "Bengal babe, I'm with you. Who day? Um, can I can I address Brian in the chat? It was not a dig at. He's calling me out for having the little brother syndrome with Ohio State. I was actually coming back at Tom for always saying the Ohio University. Well, because it's listen, listen, listen. Okay." All I know, but I wasn't going out of my Here we go. Here we go. Fire it up, Brandon. No, Fire it up. Here's the deal. Okay, here's my the deal. My dad swam at Ohio State. I don't hate Ohio State. I, I was just having some fun with Tom. Well, but here's the deal, okay? Yes. And I know Ohio State yes. has gone on to patent that whole thing just recently, the Ohio State University. Look, it's the Ohio University. It's the oldest school in the state. I agree. It's the oldest school west of the Allegheny Mountains in the United States of America. That means you cross over the Allegheny Mountains and you can go all the way to the California coast. And the oldest university is the Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. 1804 yeah. it was founded. There it is. Tell him, Tom. Yeah, get on him. So, I don't want to hear this nonsense about the University of State, the Ohio State. I mean, give me a break. How do you they're all great places, and I love them both. But they're not the Ohio University. There's only one of those, and that's in Athens, Ohio. I just don't know how you trademark an article. Yeah, that's so weird. How do you I don't do know, that? But, but there are a lot of smart people in Columbus at Ohio State. Those guys, is it marketing machine. The? Is it the or the? It's the, but is there a difference? Is there, is, there, they, is there a? Is there a? I don't think that matters. Does the U.S. The trademark and patent office care about the or the? I don't. I don't think they care. I think it's a. Good, I think it's a valid point. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, well, we got a couple of more minutes here. Is there anything else we need to cover while we have Brandon with us in regard to uh, picks? Sport, Brandon. What were your thoughts on the game yesterday? Did you get to watch it up in Wisconsin? Did you go somewhere where you could watch a whole uh, game? No, I was listening uh, while driving. I saw a couple, a few of the highlights while I was stopped. But I thought the Bengals played well. I mean, finally they came out and punched him in the mouth. I mean, that I, T. Higgins, that's a touchdown. That rule, I don't understand that rule of no. If your agreed comes, if your toes touch first, then why does it? Why does anything else matter? Um, but, yeah, no, they look great. I mean, I, I, that's exactly what they needed to do. Now this week, I heard you talking about it with Doc a few minutes ago. Completely different game than what we thought it was going to be when the schedule got released. Dolphins, Bengals, prime time. It's going to be fun on Thursday night. 
I agree with him. Yeah. Uh, tickets are like two hundred dollars. I was yeah, looking I, at it I yesterday. Try to take my well, son down to that game. I, Anybody's yeah. got freebies they want to give Tom away. Us tickets too. We'll, yeah, what? we'll make it. How about an off the bench field trip to Thursday night football on Tom? <laughs> oh, I like the sounds. But of that. we still have to buy tickets. That that's what you're for. <laughs> that's what my son said to me last night. <laughs> my wife's going out of town to visit our daughter. On parents' weekend, I can't go because it's homecoming weekend for my son in his senior year of high school. So somebody's got to be here to manage that chaos, potential chaos. Um, and so he says, hey, mom's going to be gone. We got to go. Call the Bengals PR guy. Ask him to let us get in with the press passes. We'll be, we'll be tame. <laughs> How did that go from my son and me to us? I mean, you can bring him along. Know. Us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wait. Time out. You still got to go play beer pong with uh, Zim Huday in, in, at Longworth. Remember? Do we you have the tailgate show Thursday night? Not all, we only do it Sunday games. But Why? I, but I, but I, I don't know. Ask Trace, our, our boss. Because we got Friday <laughs> night football. That's, 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 well, that's I'll right. be down there having a good yeah. time. There's no question about that. You can come. We'll have beer pong set up for you, Tom. You still got to play from week one. Me, Zim, Well, what, one of these Sundays, I will get down there and uh, for sure because I, I, I got to see uh, that whole scene down there, and I also have to see in person uh, our buddy Zim Hude. He's given us a lot of his time as he is coming up in about uh, 10 minutes from now uh, to get his thoughts on the game yesterday. Um. You know, one thing we, we, we've really not talked a lot about, and there's a lot of jacking around here, but I, I think it's a valid point that was made earlier about this whole mixing thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've gone on record as saying I think Mixon is one of the top five backs in the NFL. I really do. He can catch a ball. Uh, he can run the ball. He's a gamer. He's tough, physical, hard to bring down. But, man, at least – and it's only three games, I understand. And the line, we know all the issues they've had up until yesterday. But I, I just don't know. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Brandon, I'll start with you. I mean, wh why does Samaj P. Ryan look like Joe Mixon? I don't know. I think it's just a slow start to the year, almost like that Joey Votto effect that he's got at the beginning of the year sometimes with baseball. I think, I think Mixon will – We've seen it time and time again where he can be the AFC's lead rusher, maybe has a bad game here and there, but I think he just needs one game where he pops off for a 50-yard run, and after that, he'll be fine. Now, now we're talking about this six, seven weeks from now. Obviously, there's a bigger issue, but I, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I, uh, I do worry a little bit, but that was one of the tougher defensive run stopping teams that we'll probably see. I mean, we we were really concerned about their defensive line before the start of the game. We thought, you know, are they going to bring the pressure? And honestly, I think where they didn't get us with pressure as much, it turned up in the stopping the run, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and by the time Samaje got a hold of the ball in the fourth quarter, I think they were just done. You know, they kind of knew that they had probably lost that game. There was also some fighting going on. I don't know if you caught the whole game, but uh, Quinton Williams, is that yeah, right? He, yeah. was, he was arguing with his coach. It yeah. got real fiery. Defensive and, line coach. Yeah, and I, there's something going on there. I'm not exactly sure what, but, you know, that could have a major factor. In well, I, I, got, I got to tell you, and, and this is why um, 
among many reasons, and, and Paul alluded to a minute ago. I mean, look, there, there, there's not any debate who the greatest coach in the history of the NFL is, and that's Bill Belichick. It, it's not even debatable. There have been other great coaches. Belichick, now he's lucky to have Tom Brady. We're seeing that. But the one thing Belichick does, and if any of you have ever watched, uh, I, I don't know the name of the show, uh, but it was done on the Patriots. But, but one thing Belichick did every single week is the start of the week is a new week. And you are tailoring your team's games. He tailors his team's games and preparation to the strengths and weaknesses of their opponent every single week. They have to have really smart players in New England. Because one week you might be playing this style of defense. The next week you might be playing another style of defense. And he's going to put it all in for you. He's going to be ready to go on a Monday morning. I read a note where the first two games... And much was made about this Tampa 2 defense, right? It's been around Monty Kiffin, Tony Dungy, whole deal. The, 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 the Steelers ran it 32% of the time. Dallas ran it 32% of the time. The Jets ran the Tampa 2 defense yesterday 2% of the time. Hmm. So Robert Sala is a great defensive coach. And... You know, look, everybody's different in their strengths and weaknesses as a player, as a coach, as a person. But how in the world, after the success defenses had against the Bengals in the first two weeks, how you go out there and play Tampa 2 defense 2% of the game? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, how does that happen? He's a believer in his own I know he is. Team and philosophy. And but that's why his record and their record is what it is. I mean, he said he was keeping receipts. I don't know what kind of receipts he's keeping, but. They should be 0-3. They yeah. had the miracle against the Browns. They should very much be 0-3. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I just. Can we talk for a second, Tom, just from your broadcast history? Can we talk for a second about what happened to the audio feed with Ian oh, Eagle yeah. and Charles Davis? Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, you know, those things are going to happen all the time. Uh, you know, what's it, going on in the production truck, or like, what's going on in your headset it's when that happens? Calm. I is mean, it? it really is. I saw where you sent out the thing. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, look, there, you know, there are producers um, um, in the history of sports television that are yellers and screamers, and there are most of the guys are not. Uh, in fact, the guy who's been the number one producer on the number one team, Buck and Aikman, for years and years for Fox, is a guy named Richie Zions. He's one of the most soft-spoken, quiet guys. There's nothing you can do. The guy who's the most important part of a TV broadcast every single week is not the producer, it's not the director, it's not the play-by-play -play guy, it's not the color guy. It's what's called the technical producer. He is a guy that is there, and he's there on a Thursday or Friday when the trucks come rolling in and start plugging in to the different you know, arenas, stadiums, et cetera, all over the country and all over the world. And he has to make sure that everything works. That's his job. And stuff is going to happen. And so, you know, look, do you get upset about it? You get a little angry? Maybe. But by and large, in those situations, it's pretty calm. Now, if that's happening during a Super Bowl <laughs> or a national championship game in college football, a little bit different ballgame. But everybody understands that stuff's going to happen. All right, before we, uh, Brandon, we're going to let you go. We'll catch you uh, tomorrow, I think, back. Safe travels from Madison, Wisconsin, and tell Joe Thomas we said hello. Will do. Can't wait to be back. That pie in the face is going to be really fun.
See you tomorrow, Brandon. Bring, bring another great. pair of clothes. It's yeah. Be great. See you tomorrow, Brandon. It's going to be great. Can't wait I, to see you. I've had it done. Jeff Picoro did it to me uh, on the red set. <laughs> it's actually not see bad. See you, boys. It's not bad. See you. You just don't want who, – who's going to deliver the pie to the face? Uh, Reed and I. Okay. Well, you, you don't want to be a jerk and, you know, slam it in their face. No. no a little, no. You know, little turn at the end. Yeah. Um, all right. We have not gotten into our college power five. Real quick before we go to Zim Who Day. Sure. So our college – Top five. I got Georgia number one. I got Ohio State number two. Look at that jump in defense for the Buckeyes. You can say, well, they played Toledo and Wisconsin. You'd be right. But, I mean, last year they were 100 and something. Alabama should have a loss. Clemson, I'm not, I'm not super bullish on Clemson or Michigan. Uh, at least Clemson's played somebody. They, ESPN puts up a bottom 10 all the time, yeah, right? Michigan's three out-of-conference games are all three in the bottom ten worst college football teams in the wow. United States. That's terrible. Yeah. That was their out-of-conference schedule at the University of Michigan this year. And then they play a Maryland team. It's off to a nice start. And uh, Maryland gave them fits. But Michigan is undefeated. Oklahoma. They always – it's Kansas State. Yeah, yeah. Every time. I mean – How do you feel about uh, Kentucky possibly sliding up? They're at seven, right? They're at How seven. If they win this week – They'll win this week. If they win this week on the road at Ole Miss, they've got a chance to jump in there. I'm not a big USC fan either. Um, a lot of people are on that whole train out there. I'm not jumping on board that. Hey, are you? They're going to lose sooner or later. Are you ready for Ole Miss's schedule this year? They've played Troy, Georgia Tech, Central Arkansas, and Tulsa. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's that seems okay. like a win for UK. There you go. They're like a touchdown underdog. Who is UK? Ooh. What? Hey. Okay. All right. So now our top performers over the weekend at college football, and it it warms my heart. The first name on this list. Oh, yeah. Curtis Rourke, quarterback at the Ohio University. Look at those numbers. 41 of 55, 37. Mississippi State, another team undefeated, ranked in the top 10. Their quarterback's really playing well. Michigan can run the ball, and Blake Corum is an outstanding runner. Look at that. that, that now, that's a running back day right there. 30 carries, 243. But how about the cat underneath him? Jaden Ott at Cal. I didn't even know Cal ran the ball. I didn't even know he played football anymore. <laughs> 274 on 19 carries. And then wide receiver Tyler Scott. What a day. 185 yards and a touchdown. UC wins over Indiana. Okay. He brings the fire. He brings the passion. The reason I did not shave today. I didn't shave all weekend. I told Zim today that I would go into the savage mode and I'll get his thoughts. See, the problem is when you're my age, you're praying that your hair all doesn't fall out, mine's falling out, um, and that it doesn't turn totally white. Now, this, you start to grow a beard, you get to be my age, it's all white. Yeah, that's, that happens when you get older. It does. But I'll tell you this, I think Tracy was kind of Spot on with the uh, whole George Clooney look. Yeah, he and I have a lot in common, George Clooney. <laughs>
6412 Mars says Mixon's going to be fine. Breakout game coming up. Says that's all he has to say. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, take a break. And our main man, Zim Houday, is coming back after this commercial timeout. You're watching Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. You know, one, one uh, note in the NFL we did not touch on real quick is uh, they decided to eliminate the Pro Bowl. So they're going to go to a more skills competition sort of thing rather than actually playing the Pro Bowl. Probably not a bad idea. I mean, at the end of the day, it's an exhibition game. It's a lot of fun to be there. I had a chance to broadcast a couple of them out in Hawaii. Uh, not a bad gig if you can get it. But, uh, you know, risk of injury, um, just, just not worth it, right? Not worth it. Okay. Baseball and the NBA are still really the only two sports where the All-Star game is, is actually kind of fun to watch. Yeah. I think baseball has the best All-Star product overall. NBA dunk contest used to be huge. Now anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the only thing baseball has got going. Yeah. It's the only thing. Um, all right. Uh, our main man is checking in. He's fired up today. Now, Zim, I don't know if you noticed or not. You asked me to go into savage mode last week. You probably can't tell because it's only been two-day growth here. But I have not shaved since uh, since you told me I had to go ahead and uh, and start letting it go a little bit. And do you see what happened? Did you see what happened? Yeah, I, I, I get more disturbed every time I look in the mirror. That's what happened. But a certain team pulled off a victory thanks to you. Everybody give it up for Tom Brennerman. Yeah, let's go, Tom. Let's go, Tom. Zim, my son says to me this morning, who you know my son, right? He says to me this morning, you've known him for years. Um, he says to me this morning, he says, Dad, uh, I heard you bring up with Zim about uh, getting some of his merch. And so I got to place an order. H how would I place an order or anybody else place an order if they want to get some of your merchandise? I'm serious about this for a second. How would they do that? How will I do that? Uh, well, you just go to ZimHooday.com, and then you'll see it. It'll say Burrow Baby Shop. Uh, it's got a lot of cool stuff on there. I got a nice design where it's like uh, – uh, like a rock band, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. You got to go check it out. It's a bunch of cool stuff on there. Well, he said like something it. about some T-shirt with the Amigos. I I'm assuming that's a wide receiving core. Is that who that is? <laughs> so we've nicknamed the Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and uh, Tyler Boyd, the Amigos, like the rap group, the Amigos, who are highly successful, and they're a trio. Um, so we kind of gave them that nickname. So we got some of that stuff on there, too. My partner, Ace, though, has all the the Trace Amigo shirts. I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Burrow wore a shirt. And we firmly believe that that's the reason why we took out the Chiefs in the Week 17 victory. He wore that game, pre, he wore that shirt pregame. Then afterwards, he celebrates with the cigar. He's got the shirt on, and nice. the rest is history. And you're talking, Big, about your, I mean, you're talking about your guy, Ace Boogie. Is that the guy we're talking about? Yeah, Ace Boogie. That's my guy. That's your guy. All right, so uh, tell me, uh, Zim, about your initial thoughts of the game. You were there, you know, watching the thing on the tube and, and dialed into every single second. Uh, here we are for the first time all year talking on a Monday about a win. 
What were your thoughts about the Bengalis? I thought they came out exactly like they should have, you know, uh, imposing their will, being assertive, you know, all the different things. If we're going to go down swinging, like I told you before the game, it's like you got to go down with your big dogs. You got to go down with Joe Burrow uh, throwing it to Jamar Chase, C. Higgins, Tyler Boyer early and often. I like the shots, even though it didn't work. The flea flicker one of Jamar Chase, it got the cornerbacks thinking. We want the guys on the second on the opposition in the secondary, we want them thinking. And I think from that point on, now they're like, well, let's back up just a little bit. And then then when they did come to blitz, then what happens? Joe Burrow hits Tyler Boyd, boom, hit kicks off a big play, a big 50-yard game. So all these different things that we want the Bengals to do, I feel like they implemented it for the first half of the football. The second half of the football, um, I think this is the point where really good teams impose their will and run the football. The one thing that I think that I'm really, really watching for them is how efficiently can they run the football? Because yes, P. Ryan closed it out, but in the third quarter, there was a big period where they weren't running the ball successfully. And that gave Jets just a little bit of opportunity. You do that against a high flying team or something like that. That's a recipe to get, you know, the team to come back. So I, I do I do worry about the run efficiency. And my other one that I'm a little concerned about, too, is clearly uh, the loss of Clark Harris is a lot bigger than what we thought. I think and you're I right. And I just think McPherson is so important to this team. Like, you know, the, the Ravens wouldn't be the Ravens without Justin Tucker. You know how many, like, fourth down victories? I think Lamar's got six walk-off Justin Tucker ones, like, on the strength of their kicker. So people, I'm, I'm really watching that. The DJ Reader injury, I'm really watching that because I feel like he's the Joe Burrow of the defense. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they came out and posed their will, did what good teams do, jump on a, a, a team that's not as good as you, and do what you got to do to win the game. Okay, now I, I want to circle back on a couple of these topics because I, th- I think, as always, you have, even though you're a hardcore, passionate fan, you have very astute observations. I know you know Joe Burrow. And I'm never going to ask you to um, break the confidence of your relationship with him. I I really mean that. But I got to tell you, um, I love Joe Mixon. Before you joined the program here uh, a few minutes ago, and and I've said all along, I think he's one of the top four or five backs in the NFL, maybe better than that. To me, Zim, something looks off with him. Is he all right? It's funny you say that. I, I talked to him last night. I don't think he would mind me saying that. We had a good conversation. So he was asking me some things. And I, I think ultimately he just has to take advantage of some opportunities that are in front of him when teams show him like lighter boxes. I think a lot of different times he's waiting for uh, blocks to develop. So a lot of people at home are sitting there saying, hit the hole, Joe, like, you know. But if your if your scheme on a uh, you know like there's zone blocking variations, then there's also pin and pull variations too, and some of them require wide receivers to block, which I don't agree with. So Joe Mixon, just to put it in perspective, and I'm not creating an excuse, he's doing a lot of these runs out of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, and you're going to have wide receivers at the block. And uh, in the last two games, I've seen the wide receivers just get pushed to the side, mm-hmm. right? And, and the difference is P. Ryan comes in later on as 13 personnel, and you're in jumbo packages. And I, and everybody's like, oh, well, I mean, look, P. Ryan's right. But those are two different situations, two different things. I think Joe Mixon will be fine. He told, I talked to him. He told me he, he feels good. So I don't, I don't think that he's, you know, it's, it's nothing serious. I know he'll be there Thursday night. So that's the one thing I can say is like, okay. I don't think All that right. he's seriously 
injured or anything. I just think the plays that are given to him, I'm not, I don't really buy into a lot of the blocking schemes on it because it's asking a lot of the wide receivers. And a lot of these teams are cheating really heavy with their linebackers and their safeties when they see run. And so it's just attacking them. Like some of those players are negative because he can't do anything. Your thoughts on the offensive line. I mean, obviously they don't give up, you know, six, seven sacks like they did in each of the first two games of the year. Burrow able to maneuver in and out of pocket a little bit more than he had the first two weeks. You mentioned the run game. Uh, once they went to those jumbo packages, they just ran it down their throat with P. Ryan late. What were your thoughts? Any individual performances on that line you liked more so than maybe just the line itself? I thought Volson and Lyle looked really good. I thought Kappa probably that was one of his, you know, I, I don't like to place too much judgment until I see like the all 22, which is available to us like in 24 hours from now. But uh, I just thought that Volson, man, he had a couple pancakes in there. He looked really good. And, and, and ultimately, I'm a, I, I told everybody this. You don't have to play TJ Watt and Micah Parsons every week. Everybody really needs to put that into perspective too. It's like, you're not going to see the most elite pass rushers in the world every single week. And I just think that for the first time, you didn't see them, and, and they looked a lot better. Like, that's just how it's going to be sometimes because they don't have an elite offensive line. The other point you make, and I think it's extremely valid, uh, is this whole McPherson thing. Because I, I really believe you, you're spot on about Tucker. Um, he is a huge reason for the Ravens' success and really, I mean success in the history of the franchise. He has yes. been one of the best players in the history of the Baltimore Ravens franchise. Kicker, punter, yep. I don't care what. He, he, he has been, a, been great at his job for a long, long time. Same with the kid in Pittsburgh. He's a big yeah, reason why all their success for a long, long time, especially against the Bengals. But I yes. still believe McPherson's the best kicker in the league. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we didn't see, you know, like that one that, that, that looked like, you know, uh, me trying to hit a, 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 a tee shot uh, in golf. They just a straight duck hook left. Uh, we didn't see that stuff last year. We've seen it twice already this year. You really think right. the snapper's that big of a deal? I think, I think so. I think it looks different. I think, you know, mentally the way that he's processing the kicks, I just, I just think that he's used to the timing of the ball hitting the ground at a certain point. And if there's any bit of stutter or anything like that, that's how you get a shank. And the timing of it is not the exact same. Like the one thing that we underestimated as Bengals fans is a long snapper, which is crazy. But Clark is so consistent with the snap that I just think that like, you know, McPherson got so used to the way that it looks. A lot of people say, well, the laces was in, laces was out. I don't even like, I haven't got a chance to see those camera angles, but I do think that if you're constantly kicking the same exact ball, just like in golf, or you got the same swing, and you're coming to the, you're coming to hit your driver out the, out the, out the bag. It's about consistently hitting it the same exact way, so that it gives you the same exact results every single time. And it's no, it's no secret that it doesn't look the exact same when the ball is getting snapped to him. And I think is like even the 43 yarder that barely kind of went in, like that was close. Yeah, and that's that's not McPherson, like. All right, Zim, you know, we found out last week. I'm not going to say you're a mountain man. I wouldn't go that far <laughs> because, you know, I mean, you're not living in the mountains in Baltimore, but you are living in the woods in Baltimore. So 
Are, are you the kind of guy that, that now is the weather, at least here in Cincinnati it is, you know, the weather now, where our highs are, you know, right at 70 or maybe the high 60s. We're still getting lots of sunshine. Clearly, you got a beautiful day there behind you today. Will you be getting out and, and chopping wood and things like that in preparation of the winter and maybe Thursday night watching the Bengals game and having a fire going? Is that your kind of thing? <laughs> chopping wood, though. <laughs> Is that a no? Hey, that Tom, this guy here, man. Like, no, I won't be doing that. I'm actually getting prepared, believe it or not, to come to Cincinnati. I'm coming there. I'm, I got to do a lot of stuff today. Uh, get on a plane on Wednesday afternoon, and I'm headed there. So I, I won't have enough time to chop down any trees this week. We're getting well, but I'm bit. saying in general, though, are you the kind of guy that that maybe not this week? It's a bad week for you, but are you the mm. kind of guy? And you were talking about getting, you know, your son out there and and right. riding around and what, what did you call that thing? An ATV? Four what is wheeler. that? Yeah, yeah, four yeah, wheel. Yeah. Okay, we, so you got him running around. On, out so there. hold on, if you if you come here, are you going to get on the four wheeler? Oh, you, you better really believe it. To... No problem. I'm an outdoorsy right. kind of guy. I may not look okay. like it, but Zim, I am. But I want to know if you are. are you, so you're not going to be chopping any wood to get ready for the winter. That's not your thing, right? No, I'm not chopping any wood. <laughs> I'm relying. I'm relying on a central heating air conditioning unit here in the <laughs> house right. to right. pump out enough heat to keep my family warm this winter. Okay, all right. <laughs> All right. Like I have a gas stove. We're not chopping in, but you know what? That would be a real good assignment. I get like a fire pit or something out there. That would be really cool, though. And, are you we, are, are you the that. kind of guy that could 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 build a fire pit? I could help. <laughs> I could help. I, I couldn't build it by, on my own. So you okay, know, all right. I, I because I'm always I know, amazed I by guys. those guys. But you being a woodsy kind of guy, yeah. yeah. No, well, then not, what's not one, since, you, since you've told me you're 0 for 2 before I let you go, what is one woodsy sort of thing Zim Hooday is going to do, say like in the next 7 to 10 days? One woodsy kind of thing. Me and my son go outside and there's a lot of deer that uh, eat up plants and stuff. So I have to do a roundabout around the whole area spraying like the stinkiest stuff you've ever smelled in your life. But it keeps the deer from coming over and drinking water out of the pond and eating all the plants. So I'll be spraying that stuff, removing weeds throughout, trying to spray stuff on the driveway, make sure no weeds okay. dry. Like regular, regular. You know, I told you this last week. I'm not, I'm not all the way there now. Another thing that I do too is um, uh, the guy that owned the house before me. He did used to hunt deers, which I don't do. I'm not shooting deers for no reason. Like I, right. I don't agree with that. But uh, he does have the, he does have these stoops and stuff. And we I go out there sometimes and I sit out there. Like believe it or not, so there there are stoops inside, like on the trees. And sometimes I sit out there and I and I have a. I have a book I'm reading. I'm, I've only got to like the third or fourth chapter because my day's been really, really busy. But sometimes I go out there and sit and read. What are you reading, if you don't mind me asking? I can't think of the name of it. I don't want to lead a screen, but it, it's a really good book. I'm going to text it to you later, though. It's okay. really good. All right. I want to know. I, got I want to know. I got, well, two, I got two really good books. Next time I come on here, I'm going to give everybody two really good reads, though. Like Especially like if you want to get your mind away from the toxic, the toxic level of whatever on social media. It's right. good to read something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Zim, you're my kind of guy. I mean, you're a reader. You're a thinker. You're a, you're a sports fan. You've got, the, you've got the savage mode you're already into getting ready for Thursday night. Um, you know, you, uh, you, you're a woodsy kind of guy. You're my kind of guy, Zim. 
You're my kind of guy. You're my kind of. You're my kind of guy, Tom. I, we're gonna keep on rocking all the way this whole year. We got it. You the man. We got you the man. We got a rhythm going. We got we the do. scrub we, going. We we got a good rhythm. We do. And I'm not go. gonna shave. I'm not gonna shave. You had a question, Casey, real yeah, quick for I, I want to know where he's going. Where are you going? Yeah, where are you going uh, when you go to the game? Where are you going to be before the game? Where are you hanging out? Wednesday night, I'm going to do – I'm doing something actually with Gold Star, I believe. So I'm going to stop by Gold Star and do a quick little uh, – not a meet and greet, but kind of like eat a couple burgers, uh, hand out some stuff to some people. Wednesday night, I'm doing something with my boy uh, – well, I got to I gotta go check with Seho, but we're supposed to be doing something at Hard Rock Cafe. I'm not sure if that's going. If it's not, I'm still going to be at the casino at the roulette table. Got to get a quick little bet in there. Then after that, <laughs> on Thursday Thursday afternoon, I will be at the tailgate. So I'm going to be at my boy Bengals Gym's tailgate. So if you are listening to this, check me out at the tailgate. We'll be there. And then we get ready for all white. White tigered out. Thursday night, white helmets. We want to go all white for all the fans there. I'm going to be tweeting that all week. We need to have a good show and go all white. We want to create a college atmosphere Thursday night. Zim, you have that beautiful complexion. You're not going to be painting yourself up white, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, no, okay. I, will, I just want to make sure you're not doing that because you're a handsome man. You don't want to do that. Thank you very much, Tom. You're a handsome you're welcome. You're the man. I mean, I can't Are you getting paid by Gold Star? Uh, yes and no not yeah tickets stuff like that i don't want i don't want wow. I, I, we we love gold star let's just say that we uh, love I, I do too i do too i'm with you that's it's the right choice right. jim you're the man we love you buddy you have a great day god bless you we'll see you now at the end of the week all right we'll see you down here thursday night see you man appreciate all you right, buddy that's a man that is the man yeah. that's the man <laughs> yeah right Tom. love that guy zimothy I mean, my son's been telling me about him for years. I, I mean, I love that guy. The more I get to know him, the more I really like him. He's a cool dude. Um, all right, we have a, a cherry on top. We do. Yeah. All right, you we want do. anybody want to tee this up? Um, well, we kind of teased it a little bit. Um, it's the Bengals tumbler breaking the, oh, the, the curse. Nice. I have, I have, okay, you want to tell everybody what the deal is real quick? Yeah, they don't yeah, know. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, early on before the start of the season. I took my father-in-law's magic tumbler, Bengals tumbler, Hude tumbler, and lost it. Can't find it. He had this tumbler throughout the playoffs, and it just carried us all the way through to the Super Bowl, and I lost it. And I needed to do something in order to break the curse that was looming over us the first couple weeks. So I went out and bought him an almost identical, almost identical looking tumbler. I think the only difference with it is that it's uh, like got a green field background to it. But I took a video of us after okay. after the game, and uh, this is uh, well, it's a good looking and, room there. Yeah, this is him enjoying the the tumbler mug. He's gonna give us a quick little nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's nice looking. Yeah. It really is. Where, where did you get that? Plug it. Uh, I got it off eBay. Okay. <laughs> but the original one uh, was uh, something that my uh, my one of my in-laws built for him or made for him. It was some custom like paint that not paint, but you know when they put on like the skins on the tumblers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but okay. hey, want to know? Want to know with that tumbler? You want to know with your father-in-law?
That will be a lopsided record before all is said and done. <laughs> Obviously in the win category, right? In the win That's column. right. I love my father-in-law. He just had his uh, 80th birthday the other day. He is awesome. Lives out in Arizona. Don't get to see him nearly enough, but uh, he is just an awesome dude. I'm okay with him. Not so much his daughter, but I'm okay with him. <laughs> um, all right, men. Thanks for everything today. That was our um, UDF cherry on top. A tumbler. 1-0 out of the gate. All right, fellas, we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we have Tracy Jones. You don't want to miss that. We also have Brian Billick to talk about some of the other things going on around the National Football League. And we're going to have Grant Napier, who does a radio sports talk show out of Miami, to talk about the Dolphins coming to town 3-0. That's this Thursday night. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.